Welcome back to The Forge, the official podcast of Blacksmith Ministries. Podcasts have played a crucial role in the development of my spiritual life, and I pray these messages will do the same for you. My sincere desire is that these messages will awaken a passion inside of you. We are still in quarantine mode. We are in lockdown mode. My desire was to have Faith and West Cockrell come uh, and record a podcast so you guys can get to know them. And that will happen soon, but until this quarantine is over, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So you're stuck with me for another at least week or two, but as soon as I get them in here to record a podcast so we can get to know Faith and West Cockrell, we will. I want to tell you about uh, really quickly something that happened to me last Sunday morning, and it has just spurred a change of direction for me. Last Sunday morning... So a week after Easter, after Resurrection Sunday, very early in the morning, the Lord woke me up to pray. I had set my alarm to get up to pray at another time, and this was about an hour and a half earlier. I had no intentions of waking up that early, the one day to sleep in. I'll just be honest with you. So when the call came to pray, the the prompting, the nudging of the Holy Spirit, I'll be honest, my first instinct was to roll over but you know it's the lord when he nudges you prompts you to pray you can't just go back to sleep i have never been able to go back to sleep so i rolled back over after a couple seconds got my thoughts together went to the other room hit the couch so i wouldn't wake up my beautiful wife christy gray christy gray i love you and as i began to pray typically what i do is i uh, just try to listen to see what Holy Spirit is saying. And as I started listening, I heard this question, Richard, do you love me? I was like, oh gosh. Whoo! You talk about stopping you in your tracks. Have you ever had the Lord ask you, Richard, do you love me? I tell you, that'll just stop everything. And that question is not the first time that that's been asked by the Lord to someone. And it's very interesting. The timing that he asked me was a week after Resurrection Sunday that we celebrated. But in Scripture, we find the Lord asking another follower of his. his, And by no means am I comparing myself to this other disciple. Please understand that. No, (laughs) No comparison. Are you kidding me? But we find in John chapter 21, after the resurrection of Jesus, that Simon and six other disciples are fishing. Now at this point in the narrative of Jesus, he has already risen from the grave. In John's gospel, it says that Mary Magdalene, in John chapter 20, goes to the tomb and sees the stone rolled away. And at the stone being rolled away, she runs back and she tells John and she tells Simon Peter, John and Simon Peter, they run to the empty tomb. They see the the stone has been rolled away. They peek in. They see the grave clothes that have been left behind. They even see a folded handkerchief that was on Jesus' head, folded neatly. Pastor Chuck Crocker in Chester, Virginia, Redemption Outreach Center, or Redemption Church now as it's known, preached a fantastic message. I will never forget this message as long as I live about the napkin. 
Oh my goodness. You need you need to check out and reach out to Dr. Chuck Crocker to find out about that message, the folded napkin. Oh, it's maybe one of the best Easter messages I've ever heard. Anyhow, back to our story. Simon, Peter, and John are looking in the tomb, and it says that John saw and believed. It's crazy that all of these things happen, and Jesus himself appears to the disciples later that night himself. Peace be unto you. He says this to the disciples. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on them. They have these unbelieving, uh, unbelievable encounter. Scripture tells us that Thomas called the twin. One of the disciples wasn't with them in the upper room when Jesus appeared to all of them. So eight days later, Jesus reappears to the disciples, and he tells Thomas, Thomas, come and handle me. Put your hand here. Look in my side. And Thomas says, my Lord and my God. So Jesus says, Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed, blessed are those who see, who believe without seeing. So we have Thomas who has seen the Lord and has believed that Jesus is the Messiah. We have John that has seen and has believed he's the Messiah. There's no indication in Scripture whatsoever at this point that Simon Peter has believed. So in John chapter 21, Simon Peter and six other disciples go fishing. They have an encounter with the Lord. He tells them to cast a note on the right side of the boat. They do. This multitude comes in. They perceive that it's Jesus. Simon comes to shore. And then Jesus asks Peter this question. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Oh, that question again. It just stops everything. There is no conversation that could be had when you're around Jesus and he asks someone, do you love me, that that conversation continues. It stops everything. And then Simon replies, of course I love you. And so Jesus says, well, feed my lambs. And then again, Jesus asks Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Oh, my gosh. He asks again. Every, every eye in that group of disciples with Jesus have got to be looking at Peter like, Peter, what did you do? You know, you just understand what's going on. He said, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes. Tend my sheep is his response. Then a third time Jesus asks Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Scripture even records in John chapter 21 that Peter is grieved at the questions. Why is Jesus asking Simon Peter, Simon, do you love me? I have had, uh, I've heard a fantastic message. I've heard it preached that Jesus asked Simon Peter, do you love me three times to restore Peter three times for the three times that Peter denied knowing him. I believe that. I believe that is true. I also equally believe, having gone over these scriptures that John has seen and believed, that Thomas has seen and believed, that Simon Peter has seen the same things that John and Thomas has, yet scripture doesn't record him as believing. There's something else going in his heart that's causing him not to believe what he has seen. Listen to this. 
Peter has gone to the tomb. He has seen the stone rolled away. Peter has seen the grave clothes in the empty tomb. He has seen the folded handkerchief that was around Jesus' head. He has seen the resurrected Christ that night when Jesus said, Peace be unto you, receive the Holy Spirit, and breathes on him. Peter has seen Jesus appear to them a second time, eight days later, when Jesus appears to uh, confront and, and restore Thomas. So Peter has seen all of these things, but he hasn't believed. Why? I believe he was stuck. Not only was Peter stuck on the fact that he denied knowing Jesus, that he was the Christ, that he was the Son of the living God, he denied knowing him. There was something else going on in Peter's heart that was keeping him from believing what he saw. I believe it was fear. I believe it was the fear of the unknown. It was the fear of rejection. You know, that night when Jesus was betrayed by Judas, when all of the disciples scattered from the Garden of Gethsemane, they were afraid that they would be next, that they would be arrested, that they would be crucified. And I believe Peter was stuck in fear. Whatever fear was going on in Peter's heart, Jesus was confronting it. When Jesus asked Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He wasn't condemning or rebuking Simon. He was restoring him. As we've heard uh, another minister preach that every time that Peter denied Jesus, Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Because he was restoring him. But he was also confronting the fear that was in Peter's heart. John, who is writing this particular gospel that we're reading from, also writes a letter later recorded in Scripture that perfectly, perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. That's what Jesus was doing. Jesus didn't ask Peter, do you love me? Because he didn't know the answer to the question. Jesus wasn't asking Peter, do you love me? To try to rub the nose in the fact that Peter had denied knowing him. No, Jesus was asking Peter three times, do you love me? To cause Peter to remember. This fear that had so gripped Peter caused him to forget that he had loved him. Here's the resurrected Christ that's appeared to him twice. He's seen all of these things and he's yet to believe. So Jesus asked him a pointed question, do you love me? And I believe when Jesus asked him, do you love me? It got his undivided attention and it removed the fear that was in his heart that kept him from believing. And when that fear was cast out by the love that Jesus had for Peter, and then Peter realized, yes, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Peter began to remember, yes, Jesus. When Jesus asks us, do we love him? He is not rebuking us. He is removing all of these distractions that may be in our life and puts him right back on center stage. Sometimes we'll go through circumstances in life, and that's all we can see. And when we're looking and thinking about all the circumstances, we forget about who God is. We forget about who He is in our lives, the love we have for Him. And these circumstances tend to blow the coals of ember and fire and passion and love for God cold in our hearts because all we can see is our circumstances. But what Jesus asks us, do you love us? 
It stops all of the distraction. It stops all of the fear. It brings it up to the surface. He restores us. He casts out the fear. He removes the distractions. And then we can focus on the entire point of the question. Jesus, when he asks us, do you love me? It refocuses our gaze on his face, and then we remember why we love Jesus. It's because he first loved us. Oh, my. This is maybe the greatest revelation I've ever had. As much as I love God, it's only a response to his great love for me. God is love. He's perfected love. There's... No way to describe why God would send his own son, Jesus, who is God in the flesh, as a baby to grow up as a man, to then be crucified and die for the penalty for sin, for death, all of it, in my place. Even when we didn't know God, Romans 5 says that while we were still yet sinners, God demonstrated his own love for us, where he came and Christ came and he died for us. We were reconciled to God while we were enemies of God under the penalty of sin. But now, much more with his life, oh, we're reconciled to God. The love of God is the most unbelievable thing. It's unfathomable. It's unsearchable. And I can't wait to wake up every day to try to find out about the love of God. I'm going to finish this with something else that the Lord is doing. When... He woke me up last Sunday morning and said, Richard, do you love me? All those same things that he did for Simon, he did for me. He stopped me in my tracks. He refocused my gaze. I remembered that I love God because he first loved me. But then with Simon Peter, he did it to me. When Jesus asks, Richard, do you love me? And I responded. He then gave me an assignment, just like he did with Peter. When he said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter said, you know that I do. He said, tend my sheep. He gave Peter an assignment. And when Jesus asks us, Richard, do you love me? And you say, yes, Lord, I know that I do. And I'll refocus my gaze on him and understand that I love him because he first loved me. He then empowers me with his love to carry out an assignment. He gave me an assignment right after he asked me that question. Oh, the love of God. It is incredible. It's unbelievable. I don't even, I, my words are getting mixed up. I just, it's got me flat sideways, man. The love of God will change everything about you. The love of God, it will remove fear. The love of God will remove sickness. The love of God can change everything. So, my friends, listening to this podcast, I believe that the Lord is going to ask each one of us this question. Richard, do you love me? Please have this understanding. When the Lord is saying, do you love me? He's not rebuking you, trying to rub your nose in it. He's trying to focus your gaze back on him, removing all of the distractions out of our heart so then we can remember why we love him, because he first loved us. And when we respond, he's going to give you an assignment. 
Him asking us, do you love me, is preparing us for our next assignment. Are you kidding me? The love of God, it has no end. It has no bounds. It is unfathomable. It's unsearchable, the love of God. Friends, I can't wait to hear uh, him ask you this. So please reach out to me. You can reach out to us on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, also have a website, www. You get so excited, man. www.blacksmithministries.org. Reach out, send me a message when you hear the Lord ask you, do you love me? Because I'm excited to hear what the next assignment is. Friends, I hope this blessed you, encouraged you, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, God bless.